0: Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. And we're dedicated to being in right relationship with one another, with ourselves, and with our planet. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. When we greet one another in the comments, when we have comments, It is the divine in each one of us greeting the divine in the other. You are all welcome here this morning.
1: I invite you now to say the chalice-lighting words with me if you are moved to do so. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are. No more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship is adapted from American theologian and poet Thomas Merton. We are living in the greatest revolution in history, a huge spontaneous upheaval of the entire human race. Not a revolution planned and carried out by any particular party, race, or nation, but a deep, elemental boiling over of all the inner contradictions that have ever been. A revelation of the chaotic forces inside everybody. This is not something we have chosen, nor is it something we are free to avoid.
0: This congregation wrote its own mission statement. We let it guide us as we make our decisions. We write it on the wall of our sanctuary so that when we are all here we can say it together. We are writing it in the comments or on a slide so we can say it together now. Whether we are here or not, it's still our mission. Together we nourish souls transform lives, and do justice to build the Beloved Community. What do we mean by the Beloved Community? Well, we have a moment for Beloved Community after we say our mission statement, and I thought it would be good at the beginning of this year here to go back to basics. So let us read the definition from the King Center of Beloved Community. Dr. King's Beloved Community is a global vision in which all people can share in the wealth of the earth. In the Beloved Community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. In the beloved community, international disputes will be resolved by peaceful conflict resolution and reconciliation of adversaries, instead of military power. Love and trust will triumph over fear and hatred. Peace and justice will prevail over war and military conflict.
2: Good morning. This month in our Sunday morning classes, we've been talking about imagination. I think this is a great topic right now because we've all had to use our imaginations, haven't we? The scientists have used their imaginations to figure out new vaccines. We've figured out, used our imaginations to figure out new ways of having school. We've used our imaginations to figure out new ways of being friends with each other. That's what today's story is about. How we use our imaginations to show each other that we care even when we can't be together. While We Can't Hug by Owen McLaughlin, illustrated by Polly Dunbar. Hedgehog and Tortoise were the best of friends. They wanted to give each other a great big hug, but they weren't allowed to touch. Don't worry, said Owl. There are lots of ways to show someone you love them. Hedgehog tried to wave, that made Tortoise smile. Tortoise made a funny face. That made Hedgehog laugh. Hedgehog wrote a letter, and Tortoise wrote one back. And when Tortoise did a little dance, Hedgehog joined in too. Hedgehog blew a kiss across the gap between them. Tortoise saw it and caught it and kept it. And sent three back again. Sang a song, Hedgehog played along. Then they both painted pictures so that everyone would know that they were friends. Through rain and shine, they could not touch, they could not hug, but they both knew that they were loved.
3: meditative reading comes to us today from Jan Richardson. Jan is an artist, a writer, and an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church. She's the director of the Wellspring Studio and has drawn in international audiences into her spaces of welcome, imagination, and solace that she creates with both word and image. This piece comes from her book, The Painted Prayer Book, under the title Blessing in a Time of Violence. Which is to say, this blessing is always. Which is to say, there is no place this blessing does not long to crowd in lament, to weep its words in sorrow, to scream its lines in sacred rage. Which is to say, there is no day this blessing ceases to whisper into the ear of the dying, the despairing, the terrified. Which is to say, there is no moment this blessing refuses to sing itself into the heart of the hated and the hateful, the victim and the victimizer with every last ounce of hope it has. Which is to say, there is none that can stop it. None that can halt its course. None that will still its cadence. None that will delay its rising. None that will keep it from springing forth from the mouths of us who hope. From the hands of us who act. From the hearts of us who love. From the feet of us who will not cease our stubborn, aching, marching. Marching until this blessing has spoken its final word. Until... This blessing has breathed its benediction in every place, in every tongue. Peace. 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 Peace.
0: Let us now enter into a time of prayer and meditation. Where we can speak to God as we understand God, or listen, or listen to our inner wisdom, or watch our breath come in and out of our bodies. It is in this wise silence, to use the words of Emerson, that we can feel a deepening of our heart of compassion. A clarifying of our mind. An increase in our wisdom. Let us enter into silence together. You are invited to light candles as we continue in an attitude of meditation. Candles of joy or sorrow, hope remembrance or determination words of our anthem wish you were here say so you think you can tell heaven from hell blue skies from pain can you tell a green field from a cold steel rail a smile from a veil you think you can tell We're in a situation right now in our country where we've been told by the most powerful voice in the land that what you think is pain is really blue skies. It's great. We're going to take America back into that pain that was the 1950s and we're going to call it great because it was great for for a few of us. How do you live in a place where the cold steel rail of tyranny is, is hurting you? And yet you're told, no, no, this is not hurting. This is the green field of freedom. In the book On Tyranny, 20 Lessons from the 20th Century, Dr. Timothy Snyder says that tyranny comes gradually. Traumatizing some people and radicalizing other people by a constant fog of lies. The big lie, as Goebbels said, if you tell it enough times, it becomes the truth. The aim is either to make you choose whether you're going to believe the lie and become a believer, which splits the country into believers and non-believers who judge each other, or you just go limp and numb and say things like, oh, who knows what the truth is? Uh, who knows? Who cares? The most dangerous time in a culture is when things are on the brink of change. The forces of the status quo become vicious and desperate. Anyone who has worked with uh, battered women and battered men, yes there are some, it's a tiny percentage, and everybody knows that it's the time when you are leaving, when the person becomes the most dangerous everybody knows that in a country that has been completely repressed, as soon as the government has some reforms where the repression lifts, that's the time when you're going to have revolution I was just letting myself start to Celebrate the victory in Georgia. For me, that was a great thing to see that um, my party that I love, um, not all of us are Democrats, but my party that I love, was going to be able to get some things done in the Senate. And I was so happy. And my friends and I were all writing back and forth and texting and celebrating. And then Wednesday, this mob storms the Capitol. It was really hard to believe our eyes. And I, I felt kind of whiplashy because my uh, normal way of handling things is the way of the dominant culture, which is to minimize harm and pain. That's my first knee-jerk reaction, which I don't like. And I think, oh, it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. <sighs> Only five people died could have been worse that one guy had 11 molotov cocktails in his car he could have brought them uh the tangle will get untangled in this next year and and we'll know what happened we hope and and that's i swung back and forth between that it's it's going to get figured out and i want everybody arrested right now i don't think i've ever seen as bloodthirsty a mob of liberals as there were on facebook wanting everybody to be arrested And then also 4,000 people died of the coronavirus. And I'm afraid we are just getting numb to that. The The whole world is in distress. The whole world is in crisis. And we have crisis on top of crisis. And, and people are acting out their their frustration and their anger and their entitlement and their trauma and... And the atmosphere here in the U.S. is where the big lies and where, where repeated disinformation and cult behavior and the demand for cult behavior and conspiracy theories are just poisoning the minds of so many. And people are getting radicalized on the Internet and they're getting radicalized as they talk to each other at rallies. And they're getting lied to and really, I think, because this is the therapist in me. You have this, this terrible ability to see both sides of somebody's behavior. I just think, well, who could blame them? I mean, they're being fed, drip, drip, drip this information for, for years. I blame them still, though. I want everybody arrested. I'm one of the bloodthirsty ones. Conspiracy theories are not new. There have been conspiracy theories since the dawn of time, I'm pretty sure. But right now, what's making this one different is that the person who is disseminating the misinformation and egging the conspiracy theorists on is the President of the United States and his family and his entourage. They call him their God Emperor. That's not American. This is America. (sighs) Many of us have just been in a state of being traumatized day after day after day after day as we see what's happening. And now we're not even certain whether this is its turning point or whether it's just going to morph and consolidate and turn into a whole fifth column within the United States of these people who are armed the proponents of trumpism and what's going to happen and the big lie comes out of his mouth i am the law and order person meanwhile over here is lawlessness and disorder and the racist junk being spewed about how well this is just the same thing as the black lives matter protests no 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 it's not it's not the black lives matter protests were largely peaceful and they tried to police one another when they started doing fires and we don't know, we don't know. What we do know is when you're a Black Lives Matter protester, the police meet you with force. Remember the picture of the woman in Louisiana who was just standing there as the police were running toward her in riot gear and her dress was blowing in the wind behind her, her dignity, her calm. She was taken away, charged with blocking the street. And these Trump supporters were met with uh, less force than that, let's just say. It's impossible to even imagine black folk getting to that place in the Capitol in those numbers with shouting and flags and possibly being armed. (sighs) So much about this time has just torn the veil off of the differences in our culture that our beloveds who are black and brown, native and Appalachian, knew for long years that this was the case, but those of us who had a little bit more of a coddled history, those of us who are part of dominant culture, those of us this culture was built to shelter, were kind of unaware. Or oh, we had a little moments of awareness when we go to the library or take a class, but everyone is aware now. Everyone is aware now. And the big lies just poison us so much that when we have someone who's putting sentences together that are sane and that feel truthful it's almost like a miracle you know that feeling what I want to say today is this a trauma response looks like this exhaustion confusion sadness anxiety agitation numbness dissociation confusion fight-or-flight chemistry and blunted affect has anyone been feeling like that where you just find yourself sometimes just staring at the wall because you just can't process all of the things this quickly or you have so much to do that you just have to get the things done and there's no time left over for you to say What in the world am I feeling? What in the world is happening? How can I hold on to this truth? How can I watch this sorcerer and sorcel these people with his words and his tone of voice and his fog of lies so that they can't even tell? Is it blue skies or is it pain? Is it a cold steel rail or a green field? What is happening How do you break the spell? Truth and presence being there. I wish you were here. We can say to each other, how do you be here for somebody? And how do you be here inside the truth? One of the things that's going to start happening is that people are going to say, well, we need to move on. We need to look to the future and not to the past. That is something people who are in privileged positions say. That is something people say who have not been deeply injured. Why are you still talking about that? Let's move on. Are you still in pain? Don't you think you should be over it by now? Let's just face the future. Let's move on is the voice of privilege. We're moving into a new administration I hope the way that they want to move forward into the future is by bearing witness to what we have just gone through for the past years. It didn't start with Trump. It started long before that. What have we as a country, what have our black, brown, native, and Appalachian brothers and sisters been going through And how can that harm be addressed? Especially the harm to the formerly, uh, especially the harm to the peoples who were formerly enslaved in our country. The black folks here are the ones whose ancestors built our country. And the money from the sale of those people built our cities, Northern and Southern, There is so much trauma in our country that lies at the root of our country. So much wrong that has been done. We cannot move on without being here for the witnessing of that pain. If you are a person of privilege, you may find yourself being impatient with folks who are feeling their trauma. And let me say, you don't just feel your trauma in your spirit or in your mind. It's in the body. And so a trauma response can happen in the blink of an eye. Just overreaction or shutting down can happen in the blink of an eye because it's in your body. And so here's what I want to ask us to do. I... I want to ask us to be here for each other and to tell the truth in love to each other. Name our experience and listen to another person as they name their experience and believe them. Don't minimize pain. I remember, I do the same thing. I was at work when the first plane, 9-11, crashed into the first tower. Someone called the office and said, there's a plane that just ran into one of the twin towers. And my first thought, I confess to you, was, oh, gosh, a little private plane. That happened before, right? That happened some years ago. And it wasn't until the second plane crashed in the second tower that the feeling changed. Oh, Horror. Impossible to minimize that. I dropped everything and went home to where my younger child was there, sick, watching TV. Fortunately, he hadn't seen it yet. I was able to be there with him. We minimize each other's hurt and pain. It's our nature to say, "Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, come on, let's get over it. Let's, let's move on." We need to, um, in the words of my colleague. Erica Hewitt, we need to be present with one another's pain and we need to linger in witness to another's grief and another's rage. Linger in witness. I'm pondering that phrase and saying that phrase to myself. That is what we need to do. So, if you don't know how to feel these days, if you careen between happy and sad and upset and mad and confused, worried, fearful, hopeful, you're not alone. We're all there. We're all there. What do we do? We be here for those that we can be here for. It's so hard when we can't be physically present with those we love and even those we want to nurture. It's so hard because we have to be here for each other um, on a screen or on a phone. It's distressingly different. And it cuts off a lot of our avenues of comforting one another. Just a hand on another person's arm is such a comfort. And we have such a limited number of people we can do that for. Be here with each other. Linger in witness. Let your heart bleed with another heart. It's not going to kill you. It's going to make you stronger. I wish you were here. Let there now be an offering taken and gratefully received to support the mission of this congregation. We thank you so heartily for your pledges and for paying on your pledges. We thank you if you are watching from another place to, for considering uh, giving a donation to this congregation. If you're watching from another place, I always say, if you're a member of another church that's too small to really be doing anything right now, please do donate to them because they need you.
1: Now, please join me, if you wish, in saying our words for extinguishing our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
0: Sing with me if you care to. Remember the way of the wind And breathe and blow Remember the way of the fire And sparkle and glitter and glow Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace.
1: This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.com dot O-R-G